And so let's take our Bibles this morning. And uh, he made reference to this passage of Scripture in Sunday school. It's already on my heart to be able to preach here. But Isaiah chapter number 53. Isaiah chapter number 53 is where we'll be uh, for this morning. And uh, we're going to look into the Scriptures and uh, ask God to be able to help us from the Word of God. And so we're sure looking forward to it. You don't want to miss this afternoon's service and uh, being able to spend some time and uh, be able to learn a little bit more, okay? And uh, I'm always trying to learn and uh, be able to increase in knowledge. But Isaiah chapter 53, we're going to read down through here. If you found it and you're willing and able to, let's stand together for the reading of the Word of God. If there's someone behind, beside you or behind you that doesn't have a Bible, then uh, just make sure and get someone's attention. We have some Bibles or share your Bible with them, okay? And uh, Isaiah chapter 53, and uh, just because it's all about Jesus, we're going to go ahead and read all 12 verses here. Isaiah 53, starting in verse number 1. The Bible says, Who hath believed our report? And to whom is the arm of the Lord revealed? For he shall grow up before him as a tender plant, and as a root out of a dry ground. He hath no form nor comeliness, and when we shall see him, there is no beauty that we should desire him. He is despised and rejected of men." a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief. And we hid, as it were, our faces from him. He was despised, and we esteemed him not. Surely he hath borne our griefs and carried our sorrows, yet we did esteem him stricken, smitten of God, and afflicted. But he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities." The chastisement of our peace was upon him, and with his stripes we are healed. All we like sheep have gone astray. We have turned every one to his own way, and the Lord hath laid on him the iniquity of us all. He was oppressed, and he was afflicted, yet he opened not his mouth. He is brought as a lamb to the slaughter, and as a sheep before her shearers is dumb, so he openeth not his mouth. He was taken from prison and from judgment, and who shall declare his generation? For he was cut off out of the land of the living, for the transgression of my people was he stricken. And he made his grave with the wicked and with the rich in his death, because he had done no violence, neither was any deceit in his mouth. Yet it pleased the Lord to bruise him. He hath put him to grief, when thou shalt make his soul an offering for sin." He shall see his seed, he shall prolong his days, and the pleasure of the Lord shall prosper in his hand. He shall see the travail of his soul and shall be satisfied. By his knowledge shall my righteous servant justify many, for he shall bear their iniquities. Therefore will I divide him a portion with the great, and he shall divide the spoil with the strong, because he hath poured out his soul unto death." And he was numbered with the transgressors, and he bare the sin of many, and made intercession for the transgressors. I know it's a little bit longer passage this morning, but it's all about Jesus and the sacrifice that Jesus made for each and every one of us. But there's three times throughout this passage that the word grief or griefs is used in this passage of Scripture. And as I look down through this passage, I want to preach a simple message to us this morning on our grief is His grief. 
Let's have a word of prayer, and then you can be seated, and I'll share the message with us. Our Heavenly Father, thank you so much for the Word of God. Thank you that it reveals Jesus to us. And Lord, as we look down through Isaiah 53, we understand about the grief that each and every one of us may carry in our hearts and lives. And Lord, may we understand and be comforted from the Scriptures that our grief is your grief. Lord, would you help us today, challenge us, convict us now in Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. As we look at Isaiah 53, it's perhaps one of the greatest Old Testament chapters about our Savior. We see the wonderful truth about His love, His sacrifice, and His suffering for each of us. Not only does this chapter of Scripture um, show us what Christ went through for us, but also is necessary, shows us why it was necessary for Him to endure such things, because the Bible says that all we like sheep have gone astray. And then not only do we see the sacrifice and why Jesus had to suffer for us, but actually very uniquely in this passage of Scripture, we see it from heaven's side. And from God's side, down here in verse number 10, where it says, yet it pleased the Lord to bruise him. And so a complete picture and explanation of the atonement that Christ went through for each of us is found here in Isaiah 53. And it's in the midst of this passage that we see this term grief associated with Christ. Did you see it as we look down through here? And uh, first of all, we see it here in verse number three. It says, he is despised and rejected of men, a man of sorrows, and here's what it says, and acquainted with grief. But then in verse number four, we see it for a second time. The Bible says, surely he hath borne our griefs. But then the third and last time is in verse number 10. He says, yet it pleased the Lord to bruise him. He hath put him to grief. Now, as we look at this subject matter of grief, we would have to say, but that's not a term that I associate with Jesus too many times. But yet here in Isaiah 53 is exactly who it's associated with as we look at the subject matter of grief. Now, this word grief here describes, and if you look back into the languages and even Noah Webster's dictionary gives a tremendous definition of it, is used to describe sickness or disease or even pain and anxiety is the words that's used to be able to describe this word grief. Now, last week, we looked over in Hebrews chapter number four, and if you remember in that subject matter of in time of need, that of course Christ is there for us, whatever time of need that we're going for, going through, but just previous to that around verse number 14 and 15 of Hebrews chapter 4, it says, we have not an high priest which cannot be touched with the feelings 
of our infirmities. And that word infirmities, we looked at it last week, is actually dealing with the physical sickness and ailments that people go through on a regular basis. Now, as we come back here to Isaiah 53, we see the depth, not just of the uh, infirmities and physical ailments and sicknesses that are going through, but taking it a step further to not just that which is manifested physically, but grief. And that which is internalized that many times does come outward to us. And uh, remember, Christ is our high priest, as it's mentioned over in uh, the book of Hebrews. But then here, he's bearing our grief for us. And we could use that term, and I'm sure that there's here that have used that term before about we're just grieving. That means that our life is at that point partaken in a time of grief. So there are things that are internal. There, there is internal pain. There is internal anxieties. There's things that's taking place internally that is manifesting itself externally in our lives. Now, as we begin to look at this, understand and keep remembering that this entire chapter of Scripture is about the Lord Jesus Christ. It's prophesying what Christ is preparing to go through several hundred years later as we look at this. But I want to look at three areas specifically about this area of grief in these three verses that the word grief is used in Isaiah 53. Now, we could take the rest of the year and most of next year to preach about Isaiah 53. We could take literally just one verse and start looking at it and preach several messages down through there. And so that's why for this morning, I'm just picking out this word grief in the context in which it is used and bringing it back to the Lord Jesus Christ. First of all, I want you to see the companion in grief. That's what Jesus is. The Bible says in verse number three, where we see it first time, he is despised and rejected of men, a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief. Now, as we look at this verse and the Lord Jesus Christ in light of eternity... We believe, according to the Bible, that Jesus is from everlasting to everlasting. We believe that he's always been, he is now, and he always will be. Jesus is eternal. Now, may I remind us that before mankind came on the scene, there was no such thing as grief. I guess you could say that we introduced him to grief. In eternity past, when it's just God, listen, there was no humans to cause grief. How many have found out that most of the time in your life or in my life, it's other humans that cause grief? There's things that, listen, we may not be able to to handle. We may not be able to take care of. We may not be able to do anything about it. But as we look at this subject matter, listen, we understand the companion in grief. The Bible says here that none other than the Lord Jesus Christ is acquainted with grief. 
That word acquainted means he has intimate knowledge of it. That means he knows it. He has the wisdom about that, that in the life of the Lord Jesus, he knows grief. How many of us would be able to say that we've known more grief over our years than maybe what we've desired to know? But aren't you glad that at the beginning, God didn't say, here's your amount of grief that you're going to face over the years? How many when that baby and you hold that baby and they're so wonderful in your arms and everything's great and uh, they're just a perfect little angel? But imagine if God would have said, here's all the grief that you're going to face because of that young one right there. Aren't you glad we would have stopped right there and said, no, you can take this one back, okay? And uh, God doesn't lay that all out ahead of us. But I want to remind us, and really I want to comfort us throughout this morning, that listen, we have a God in heaven that's acquainted with grief, and he's our companion as we go through grief. Now, we did deal last week with the infirmities dealt with, with the physical conditions, but understanding that this grief goes a little bit deeper and not just the physical things on the outside, but the intimate details, even including, listen, you go look up the simple definition, it actually gives the word anxiety. I'm not going to ask how many here deal with anxiety. Most would be real spiritual and say, I don't deal with anxiety. I'm just concerned about a few things. And we, we, try to, we try to lay that out there. Listen, I want to encourage us this morning that we have a God in heaven, listen, who manifested himself in the flesh, and he is a companion in grief. He is acquainted with grief. He understands what you are going through and what I am going through. Christ knows all of this, and he's well acquainted with it. He's acquainted with grief. Now, listen, we looked right over this where he says, and, and we, I told you we could spend the next six months, where it says he is despised and rejected of men, a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief. God knows and has intimate knowledge of the grief that you deal with and go through on a regular basis day in and day out, that perhaps nobody else knows about it, can I remind us that the Lord Jesus is acquainted with it? Now, here's, here's where we're at sometimes. We look at others and say, well, I don't want to partake in their grief. I don't want to hang around. They're going through so much. If I start talking to them, boy, it's just going to bog me down. No. Can I say this? The Lord Jesus Christ was absolutely willing to be acquainted with grief. Stepped out of heaven, think about this, eternity past, eternal bliss that he has been in. Jesus, what is it going to be when you come to this earth? Now listen, you understand who he walked with, who he talked with, the people that he held, hung around with? It was not always the upper echelon of people. He went through some places. He dealt with some people that actually, listen, had grief in their hearts and lives. There's a silence button downstairs on that that's going off and push it to the left. 
Jesus hung around with those people every day of his life on who he was associated with, who he was trying to help in those areas. And we see it here, not just details about it, not just surface, but he's well acquainted with grief. And I want want us to understand and be encouraged this morning that he is a companion in grief as we look at this subject matter throughout the word of God. Verse four says this, as we move on, the Bible says in verse number four, surely he hath borne our griefs. And I want you to see that he is the carrier of grief. You say, what do you mean? He's not just a companion but he's a carrier. The Bible says this, he hath borne our griefs, but then it's a separate word where he says, and carried our sorrows. So the difference between the word born and carried is that word born actually means to pick up and to place upon the shoulder, but then that carried means to walk through with that and be able to have that. And he says he's borne our griefs and carried our sorrows. Listen, so many times, and I found it sitting right here on a Sunday morning in church, dressed up, looking our best, is people that come in, if their heart doors were opened we would begin to see the amount of grief that is present in their heart and their life, and they go through it in silence. And they don't want anybody else, well, here, and here's what we say, I don't want to burden you down with my problems. Can I remind us that there's a God in heaven? who is the carrier of our griefs. Everything, as we look throughout the scriptures, I'll be reminded that he's not just doing it because nobody else will, but the Bible says in 1 Peter 5, 7, that we are to cast all of our care upon him. Why? For he careth for you. Do you understand that that the Lord is there and he's saying, listen, give me all of your anxiety. Give me all of your care. Give me all of your griefs. Aren't you thankful that the Lord Jesus has broad shoulders to be able to carry it all? Sometimes we get to the point and say, hey, who's going to help carry this load? When the Bible reminds us that the Lord hath borne our griefs, the Bible says he's carried our sorrows I'm reminded, and I'll keep going back to it according to Hebrews chapter number four, that he's been touched with the feelings of our infirmities. Listen, you understand what you are going through, the grief that you are experiencing today or having to carry upon your heart and life. Listen, that maybe nobody else knows about. There's a God in heaven that can say, I understand exactly what you're going through. You say, what about being despised and rejected? The Bible already tells us that that's what Jesus went through. We esteemed him not. He comes down through. Well, you don't know what they've done to me. He was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him. Listen, God, through the Lord Jesus Christ, has carried every bit of it for us. You say, but pastor, the grief that is upon my heart right now, listen, Jesus has already put that on himself. And we can go to him. That's who Jesus is. 
That's what he's done. If we read down through here about the sacrifice that he has made for us, everything that he's accomplished and gone through on our behalf, we can realize, hey, I don't have to carry this grief alone, but there is one that's already carried it and he's willing to continue to carry it for me. All we have to do is take it off our shoulders and be able to give it to him. But so many times, listen, here's what we do. And I don't know if you're in a habit of kneeling down when you pray, or you can pray sitting right there in the chair. You can pray in your recliner, but whatever the the physical position you may be, sometimes we're sitting there and we're praying and we're saying, God, here's the grief that's upon my heart. And God, I'm going to take it off me and I'm going to put it on you. And then we say, amen, at the close of the prayer. And we say, okay, God, I'll take that back now. You know, he's not just looking to carry our grief and our sorrows during the time of prayer, but after the time of prayer, when we get up to move on and to be able to carry on with our life, the Lord's still saying, you know, I can still carry that now. I can still take care of that. But too many times. Now, can I ask you to try to imagine with me for just a moment? Imagine the mental toll that this put on Jesus as he walked upon the face of the earth. And you say, well, he was God. Okay, he still slept. He still got hungry, still got thirsty. Now, we just made mention on Thursday as we're beginning our study in just the past two weeks now, verse by verse in the book of Philippians. And we showed this past Thursday on how many times throughout the Pauline epistles, the letters and the books that Paul wrote, how many times he said, I thank God for you all. Nine out of the 14 books that I believe Paul wrote and the letters that he wrote that he said, I thank God for you all. And I'm, I'm making mention of you in my prayers. And we talked about the prayer life of the Apostle Paul on how he was praying for the church at Philippi. He was praying for all those that were in Rome. He was praying and thanking God for those at the church at Corinth and over there in Ephesus. And he was praying for Timothy and he was praying for the church at Thessalonica and he was praying for Philemon. And all the way through, I said, can you imagine the prayer life of Paul? But can I say this? Imagine the prayer life and the burden of the Lord Jesus while he was here on this earth. Because the Bible says that he carried our grief. He's borne our grief. He's put it upon his shoulder. I want to share a third thing with you down in verse number 10. And boy, if I could spend more time on this one verse right here, we see heaven's side of it. We see God's perspective and we see the condemnation to grief. Now understand that as we look in verse number 10, this condemnation is not placed upon us, but the Bible says in verse 10, yet it pleased the Lord to bruise him. And this phrasing right here, and I was interested in the wording of it, he hath put him to grief. That's what God did to the Lord Jesus Christ. He put him to grief. Now, why did he do that? for each and every one of us. Why did he suffer through that? Why did he take that willingly? The next verse to describe it says, when thou shalt make his soul an offering for sin. God put him 
to grief. Do you understand what was upon the Lord Jesus as he was here on this earth? Not just with those that he saturated himself with. Listen, those that he came in contact that were sick, those that were grieving, those that had lost loved ones, those that were suffering with physical illnesses and spiritual things and demon possession, all of that he took upon himself. He carried all of that. But then the condemnation to it to see his soul be made an offering for sin. Everything, let me remind us, everything that we deal with, whether it be sickness or anxiety or burdens or physical ailment, listen, remember this, Jesus became that for us. All that grief that is upon our lives, listen, Jesus was made that. Jesus was put to that for each and every one of us. So if Jesus took all of that, and Jesus carries all of that, and he was made all of that for each and every one of us, can I ask us today, why is it that we are so burdened down with grief if Jesus said, I'll carry that for you? If Jesus said, hey, I'll bear that for you. And what I like in the difference between the word he hath borne our griefs and carried our sorrows, that word born, as I already made mention of, it means to pick up, to put on. Listen, we don't even have to pick it up and put it on his shoulders. He said, I'll take care of that. And he was put to grief for each and every one of us. The Bible puts it this way over in the New Testament, over in 2 Corinthians chapter number 5. I'll show you how the New Testament put it. The Bible says in verse number 20 of 2 Corinthians 5, Now then we are ambassadors for Christ, as though God did beseech you by us. We pray you in Christ's stead be reconciled to God. Listen, for he hath made him to be sin for us who knew no sin, that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. You say, Pastor, that doesn't mention grief over there. No, but I will go ahead and tell you this, that there is no greater grief that is caused upon a person's life than when there is sin in their life. No greater grief that is caused. And the Bible reminds us in 2 Corinthians 5 that Jesus was made to be sin for us. Do you understand all that grief and all that anxiety and all those burdens? Jesus became that so that we don't have to carry it. And in Isaiah 53, when it's mentioned three times down through there, that he is a man that is acquainted with grief. He hath borne our griefs. He hath put him to grief. God is saying, listen, I've got this. He'll carry that. He'll take care of that. The grief that you're holding on to today that says absolutely nobody is able to help me. Nobody is able to take care of this. Listen, God put him to that grief. That was the purpose for which he came. Listen, Jesus came to this earth. He did a lot of wonderful miracles. He raised the dead. He walked on the water. He fed the 5,000. He did all of those things. But from his own lips, he said, listen, I came to seek and to save those that are lost. 
In other words, Jesus is saying, I came to take your grief and make it mine. He's borne our griefs. He's carried our sorrows. God hath put him to grief. And the Bible says this, and this is, this is something that is so far above me. I could not imagine this uh, with my children. But the Bible says in verse 11, he shall see the travail of his soul and be satisfied. Do you understand that the grief that God put Jesus to and through satisfied the Lord for salvation for all of eternity? Now listen. I understand there's some maybe going through some physical infirmities and some sickness and some things that you're dealing with for years. And we touched on that. Listen, God knows what you're going through. Can I say there's some grief that goes deeper than just physical things, but it gets into the heart and it gets into the emotions. Can I remind us that the Lord Jesus Christ is acquainted. He has intimate knowledge and he knows all about that grief that you're going through. And not only this, now listen, there's times that I can have intimate knowledge and know about your grief, but I can't do a thing to carry it for you. You see, I believe it was so real upon the Lord Jesus Christ while he was here on this earth that that's where the Bible says that he was moved with compassion on them because he was put to grief. He was put to grief. You see, we have a song, and we haven't sung it for quite a while, that the Lord was on my heart with over the past week or so as I was looking at Isaiah 53, and specifically, and I will say this, if you're on target and, uh, and reading your Bible through, if you've got the same Bible reading schedule that uh, we're doing together, you would have just come through this passage about three or four days ago in Isaiah 53. You see, we have a song... In our songbook, and I, in, uh, I almost said in chapter, but it's not. It's actually song number 540, and it's entitled, All Your Anxiety. Now, as I went back and I was studying, there's four things in this song, and may I remind us, I'm always going to start with the Bible. I'll use some supplemental information, but I'm not preaching from a songbook this morning. There's four things that are mentioned that there was a man, I'll I'll remind us of this, this hymn was written back around 1920, and Edward Joy, who was a Salvation Army officer, as he contemplated about a verse that I just quoted in 1 Peter chapter 5, in verse number 7, cast in all your care upon him, for he careth for you sat down one Saturday afternoon and wrote this song, All Your Anxiety. On the first verse, and let me just read these couple lines to you. Is there a heart or bound by sorrow? Is there a life weighed down by care? Come to the cross, each burden bearing, all your anxiety, leave it there. Four things that are mentioned in those couple phrases. One is sorrow. The second one is care. The third one is burdens. And the fourth one is anxiety. As he sat down on that Saturday afternoon and he wrote this song right here back in around 1920, actually that evening, he walked in to the Thornton Health Corps meeting in London, England. 
and gave them those verses right there from that song. He asked the questions in the first verse, is there, is there? And the second verse says this, no other friend so keen to help you. No other friend so quick to hear. No other place to leave your burden. No other one to hear your prayer. The third verse says, come then at once. Delay no longer. Heed his entreaty, kind and sweet. You need not fear a disappointment. You shall find peace at the mercy seat. You see, according to Isaiah 53, we have a Savior who's acquainted with grief. You see, in verse 4 back there, we have a Savior who hath borne our griefs. And according to verse number 10, he was put to grief for each and every one of us. So the invitation is simple today. Why not, like verse number 3, come then at once. Delay no longer. Heed his entreaty, kind and sweet. You need not fear a disappointment. You know, there's never been anyone that's ever come to the Lord Jesus that Jesus said, I just don't have time for your grief today. Boy, how many times have we thought that? You need not fear a disappointment because you'll find help at a mercy seat. That's the Savior that we serve. That's the Savior who's seated in heaven that is touched with the feelings of our infirmities. That's the Savior that died for us. That's the Savior that I serve today. And I wonder in your heart and life, is that the Savior that you know? We must learn to take our burdens to the Lord and leave them there. He's the one equated with grief. He's the one that's borne our grief. He's the one that's been put to grief for each and every one of us. And I'm wondering today, what is it that you have upon your heart and life that you're saying, I just need to give that to Jesus. I just need to let him take care of it and let him help. And Lord, I need to take this off me. Then listen, you not, need not fear a disappointment because you'll find that help at the mercy seat. You say, we ought to sing that song sometime. Don't worry, we're going to. I just needed to read it to you first so that you get acquainted with it. Maybe you're here today and you're not sure that you're a child of God. Can I say this? Everything we read in Isaiah 53 to start the service, all of that wounded for our transgressions, all of it, he did that for you. To pay for every bit of grief that sin has caused you, is causing you, or would cause you for all of eternity, Jesus already took care of that, already paid that price. Why not call upon him and accept him today?